and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Good morning. We want to welcome you to Abide if this is your first time. How amazing was this morning? Think about, I think I could have gone home, but I have a message I prepared, so now you got to listen to it. Kidding. But think about the narrative of how God would bring, I mean, just even that last Becky, right? How God, she said she was going somewhere else, and God brought you here. I mean, think about that narrative of how God is so intricately involved in every detail of our life that he would bring her on Baptism Sunday as she was feeling a drawing. And and like, I just want to say, like, following Jesus and doing ministry, which every, how many of you are Christians? If you're, if you are a Christian, you are called into ministry. Like you, you are a part, of this, a part of this narrative. Part of what makes it beautiful is when you allow him to do the work, he does it. Like when you allow him to lead, when you allow him to be at the, foref- at the forefront. And I know it's like, sometimes this seems messy, right? Like it doesn't seem organized. But listen, as the Lord leads us, we have to follow him. Like we have to follow his leading. Are you alive? Yeah. You got to wake up. I want you to open to Matthew 13. I want to walk us through Matthew 13 today. As they said last week, that um, this is the last Sunday that we were doing a 10.30 service. And the, the biggest reason why we're moving to a 10 a.m. and a 6 p.m. is because we felt like Jesus told us to. So it's like kind of the trump card. But I mean, it's true. For weeks and weeks, we've, we've had services that have been packed. It's Labor Day weekend. And look, like, so we feel like for months, we got to make room. We got to make room. But how many of you know there's an appointed time? Like there's an appointed time. You have to wait on the yes of the Lord. Even though there's pressure, like everything seems like you have to wait on God to give you the yes. So there's an excitement for next week. Not so much because just because we're going to two services, but because we feel like we are stepping into a yes of Jesus. How many of you know that's a beautiful place to be? To stepping into the yes of the Lord and where he's leading us is an amazing place. So I want to walk us through um, Matthew 13 today. And I want to talk about the parable of the seed and the sower. And I just want to dive right in. We'll start right in the beginning. It talks about Jesus. It says, Jesus told many stories in the form of parables. And he said, he says this, listen, a farmer went out to plant seeds. And as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and birds came and ate them. Verse five, other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted up quickly because the soil was shallow, but the the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plant and still other seed fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he says this, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So let's talk about what Jesus, Jesus is speaking to a people and he, he speaks in a parable, right? And, and it's for a reason. I believe that even today, there's an invitation for us as God's people when we don't necessarily understand something to lead in and listen. If you've ever been in a service, you know that there are times where you, you hear something and it doesn't make sense here, but it feels right here, right? Like you're like, I don't know, like I, it sounds good, I don't get it, but something in my heart is drawing me in this direction. And I know there are a lot of opinions, well, the heart is wicked above all else. I just want to say, a heart that is surrendered to Jesus is a pure heart. Like, I can trust my heart because I have fully given him my heart. The, the only place, and, and this goes for all of us, the only place where we should feel insecure is when we withhold pieces of our heart. So Jesus is speaking to them, and he describes different types of soil. He describes a hard ground, which couldn't receive seed. 
There's a rocky, a shallow ground, and the, the problem was it couldn't have, it, its roots couldn't grow deep, right? So it choked. There was a thorny ground where the seeds grew, but it was choked out, and then there was fertile ground. And here's, what, here's, here's where I want to start, right? I want you to, to, to understand, in this parable, it was the same sower, right? It was one sower, and it was all the same kind of seed. There wasn't different kind of seed. It's as if Jesus was just going out and he was throwing and looking for a place for the seed to land. And as we're going, like, I feel this as a community, for the Christian community, period. I believe we're living in a time where the Lord is looking for places to plant seed. Like, he's looking for people to, to, to give dreams to, to give desires to, to give ministries to, 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 to give healthy family to. No matter, like, no matter where you're at in life, whether you've been serving the Lord for 20 years or this is your first Sunday, Jesus has something for you. He is a giver. It's the nature of who he is. That's why, like, people who don't give, I believe they struggle to understand that we are to be imitators of God. And giving is just a part of who he is. For God so loved the world that he what? He's a giver. And there's no manipulation in that terminology. It's just true. If we're to be imitators of God, then we should be a generous people. And so picture this. The Lord is looking for a people and he's throwing seed. And I don't know where you're at or where you find yourself, but, but I want you to think of that seed in terms of your need. What is that gaping? For some of us, it's intimacy with the Lord. For some of us, it's a ministry. It could be finances. But he's looking for a place to throw seed that could be planted and take root. And a lot of times, I, 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 just, I just believe this. The Lord intends for many things to happen. Like there are a lot of things that I believe are in the heart of the Lord to manifest themselves or to happen even in our region. I believe the reason they don't happen is there's no fertile ground. The reason they don't, man, even in the context of Geo's life, not you, because you got it together. <laughs> but in the context of Geo, me, Geo's life, there are things in my life that sometimes I know the Lord is leading me towards, but there is a maturation. There's something that has to happen in my heart before I can fully step into that. And so Jesus tells the parable and his disciples come up to him in verse 10 and says, why do you use parables? It's like, bro, can you just tell us like... Do you got to talk about seeds and soil, bro? Like, just tell me what's going on. And then Jesus says something to them that I think is powerful. He says this to them. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But others are not. So he looks at his disciples, right? These are followers of Jesus. And he says, I, I, there are things that are reserved for those that are fully given. I believe that we're like... The closer you get to Jesus, the more access you give him to your heart, the more that he reveals to you. And I just want to say, there is, a, there is a measure of our lives that has to have mystery. We just baptized, what, eight people? I don't really understand how I can dunk someone in water and bring them back up and say, now they're a new person. That's beyond Geo's intellect. But there's a, there is a realm of mystery that God is inviting us into. It's like when you go to pray for somebody who's sick, you don't know how that person got healed. There is a level of mystery that God is inviting us into as a people, but it is reserved. But I just want to say to you as a part of this tribe, I want us to say this. I am, say I am. I am, I am, I am permitted, permitted the mysteries, the mysteries of, the of the kingdom. Let's try it again. I am permitted, I am permitted to, understand to understand the secrets of the kingdom. You got to know this. Like God wants to reveal to you his nature, who he is, 
how he acts, how he responds. And in light of learning who he is, we learn who we are. We don't, we, don't, we don't determine who God is based off of what we go through. This is important. Many times our view of who God is is based off of our current circumstance. We've got to go to him. We've got to, it's got to originate. With, okay, God, who are you? And in light of who you are, I want my situation to submit to that. I'm not going to allow anything that, that, that doesn't come from him to not submit to the lordship of him. So there's a realm of mystery that is yours to explore. And it's okay to not have all the answers as long as you, you are following the one who does. It's okay. Like, let's just take that pressure off. I don't have to have all the answers for how everything works out. There are things that we are walking in today, right? Like 250 years ago, it would have been uncommon for you to walk into a church and pray for the sick. Because there wasn't a concept, a revelation. It had to take people stepping into mystery and laying hands for us to now live in an environment where we say the sick will be healed. See what I'm saying? It's a realm of mystery. And God is inviting us. So then he says this, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. This is Jesus. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little they have will be taken away from them. And so it's like, man, as you lean in, as you lean in, like as you make home for his word in your life, what happens is it attracts more word. I believe this is just a kingdom principle, period. How would this play itself? Listen, if you give yourself to CNN, any news station, and it's bringing anxiety, you can be 100% sure it will attract more anxiety. It's not just a kingdom. It, it's just, it's a spiritual principle. That which you give your attention to will attract more. And in the kingdom, like in Matthew 25, the parable of, of the talents, right? We see he's giving a parable and they gave five talents to one and two to another and one to another. What caused the person to be protected or to receive more? They did something with what was given to them. The, the one who had five, they, he doubled it. And the one who had two, doubled it. But there was one person who, who was in fear and so buried the talent, right? And it seemed like wisdom because I don't want to lose it. I don't want to risk. But sometimes in the kingdom, the only way to protect what you have is to risk. It's to step into areas of unknown with his leadership. I'm not talking about like with his leadership, stepping into areas of vulnerability, of honesty, of trust. Are you hearing me? Yes. And I believe this is important because this is what I'm fighting for. That 40 years from now when I retire, whatever happens to Gio, that Judah would not have to fight the same battles that I'm fighting today. Yes. That our children, that our children would step into different levels of faith encouragement and hope and kingdom because we fought for this today we chose to create an environment that was fertile where god like listen if i was standing up here today and i had i have seed for illustration right if i have seed in my hand i could have all the faith in my life but if i throw that seed on this stage i'm sorry cleaning team i repent if I throw the seed on the stage and then get upset because there was no increase for the seed, that would be very silly of me. Why? Think of, let's, let's, let's use our thinkers. Why? Because this stage was never intended to produce seed. 
It's like, this is, the tactic of the enemy doesn't have to be to destroy your life. It's to harden your heart and for you to close yourself off when as the Lord is throwing out seed and encouragement and hope where you say, I can't receive that. And so he's saying to them, listen to my teaching and more will be given to you. And then listen, even in Matthew 25, 21, he says, well done to the, to the faithful steward. He says this, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Then he says this, enter into the joy of your master. What, what is the joy of the master in the context of Matthew 25, 21? The, the context of the joy of the master would be that he would be able to entrust the, the person with more. That's the joy. I, you've got to see this because we have this concept of God that we have to work, 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 and then we can get more. And all God wants us to do is to take what little he puts in our hands and be faithful with it. Yeah. Be, and it is his joy, his joy to give you more. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to hear this. He's not trying to withhold from us. He wants to give us more, but he's a good steward in every area. So, so here's the principle, right? If what God gives you finds a safe place within you, it will attract more of the same. Listen, if what God gives you, whether it's a word, a relationship, your kids, the, kid, the kids you have, they are gifts from God. How we steward those things that God gives us will determine if we receive more. Is this making sense? So in verse 13, he goes back. He says, this is why I use parables, for they look, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. And this fulfills a prophecy. In the book of Isaiah, there were prophecies that were spoken about this time. And he says this, when you hear, I when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. And then he gives us the reason why. Why do they hear, but not hear? Why do they see, but not see? He says, for their hearts of these people were what? It's in the back. Can you help me? For the hearts of these people are in Jesus' name. <laughs> See, it works every time. It's every time. Yeah, I don't think that's it. It's 15. Praise God. Partially there. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. For they have closed their eyes, and their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. It's just like Selah for a moment. The fruit of a hard heart, you see but you can't see, you hear but you can't hear, and you can't understand. Glad you got that. I tell you the truth. Then he says this, verse 16, but blessed are your eyes, say my eyes. I want you to catch this because he's not talking about us because we've said yes to Jesus. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't hear it. And now he explains the parable. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message of the kingdom but don't understand it. Why don't they understand it? We just established it. They don't understand it because their hearts are hard. How does a person receive a hard heart? Like what constitutes the fruit of a hard heart? I, this, is, this is what I believe. I believe a hard heart comes from a continual opposition to truth. Nobody can lay hands on you and impart a hard heart. 
It's not like that person laid hands on me, now my heart's hard. No, stop that. I've been slimed. Stop that. Stop that. A hard heart comes through a continual not listening to that small voice. You know what voice I'm talking about. Becky had a choice when she was here today. She had to choose to, I was walking by and she's like, hey, how do I do that thing up there? There is a small voice that is speaking to us. And you've got to know this voice is the Holy Spirit, which is leading us into all truth. And all truth is the person of Jesus. Like, it all path leads to Jesus. It's all him. But a continual choosing to go my own way, embrace my own comforts, and make my life about me, the fruit of that hard heart. And with a hard heart, you can hear something but not understand it. The hope here is, is this, that Jesus is willing to break through every wall. Listen, you may sit here like, man, I feel like that's me. I feel like I've made bad decisions. I hear, but I don't. The, 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 all you have to do is turn. Like, make a decision today. My life was not going to be built about me. I'm going to choose to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Are you alive? Help me out, Jesus. So hardness of heart comes through continual rejection of truth. And it's like this. I think many people have come to the determination that God just doesn't speak anymore. It's like I just don't hear his voice. I don't know if he speaks. And here's the reality, man. I think the, the truth is that we're just not on the right frequency. You've, we, we've talked about this. Listen, if, if, if we were talking in the context of a radio, where there's AM and there's FM, just because God's on FM and you're on AM doesn't mean he's not speaking. I could put my radio on and I could tune from left to right. I could rebuke the radio. I can claim the voice of the Lord over the radio. I can lay hands on the radio. All of that. I could do all of it. in Jesus, but, but the reality is all it's going to take is change the frequency. And this is what God is looking for in a people, man. Like that we, that we would embrace, that we would embrace him, that we would turn the dial and attune ourselves to his voice. No matter how crazy it seems. No matter what, like sometimes, you know what's crazy to me? Some people look at our community sometimes and like they think that we're like radical Christians. I just believe what, like we're just normal Christians. Like we've just tried to, we, we try our best to read the Bible and to say, wow, that's in there. And to live by that. That's not radical Christianity. That's just Christianity. That's just following the Lord. That's just trusting to live by faith. <laughs> the seed, verse 20, the seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and they receive it. You understand this? They hear it, they receive it with joy. They're excited about it. Wow, that's amazing. The Bible is called the good news, right? The gospel is the good news. There's joy. But since they don't have deep roots, deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Let me ask you a question. What does it look like for you to have deep roots? The seed landed on ground. It took root. But a lot of times when you see a tree outside... What's on, if it's big on the, out, on the outside, you better believe it's big on the downside. For it to grow up high, it's got to grow down high or it'll flop over. And a lot of times in the context of church, because we've been hurt by church, can I, I'm going to go here. 
Because we've been hurt by church, because we've heard all kinds of different messages, and we're like, I just don't know what to do with that. We don't allow our roots to grow deep. In the book of Ruth, there's a, there's a story of Ruth and Naomi. And Ruth's husband dies, and there was two of them. There was Ruth, there was Ophrah, not Oprah, Ophrah. <laughs> and they were widowed. And Naomi says to them, the mother-in-law, I have nothing to give you, so go. And Ophrah says, okay, I will go. And she leaves. But Ruth made a decision. I'm going somewhere. Ruth made a decision, and when you read it, it's powerful. She says, wherever you go, I go. Whatever God you serve, I will serve. And may nothing separate us but death. And in that moment, she makes covenant with Naomi. She binds herself to someone that has nothing to offer her. I'm trying to help you. Listen, anybody can bind themselves to someone who has something to give. Whether it's money or time, it's easy to bind yourself to that. But there's something different about family where you bind yourself to someone beyond what they can give to you. So she binds herself to Naomi and they go. And if you follow the story, through Naomi she meets Boaz. And Boaz was this guy who was, he was baller, man. He had all this field and money. He had it going on. And Boaz marries Ruth. And they come into this relationship. And as you read the story, you realize that she becomes the great-grandmother of who? Of Jesus, but, but of David. So when you read, yeah, she's in the lineage of Jesus, but it was David's. They gave birth to Jesse, and Jesse gave birth to David. So, so catch this. The product of covenant was David. The product of family, of binding yourself to someone, David. We all know who David is. We've read about him. We love him. The Bible talks about him as a man after God's own heart. Oprah, who left, if you historically study what happened, I just want to show you the contrast of binding yourself in covenant and letting your roots grow deep and not doing that. She leaves. She chooses her own way. She goes to a foreign land, and historically, she becomes a prostitute. In that land, she becomes a prostitute, and she becomes the great-grandmother of Goliath. Think about this. The contrast between binding yourself, letting your roots grow deep, and choosing to, I'm just not, I'm just, that church is not, just not have enough to offer me. So I'm just going to go, and you continually on that journey. The, the, the product of that type of relationship, that dynamic with the Lord and with people is, you will give birth to things that continually oppose God and his purposes in your life. It's not hard to comprehend. When you choose to go your own way, the fruit of that way is a giant standing across from you saying, you can't enter in here. So when you look at the back wall and it says family, what does it mean in the pillar? What does it mean in abide? I believe, how do we let our roots grow deep? I believe it is in community. I believe we bind ourselves to a people, even if they don't have, like, I don't know, I'm going to bind myself here and I'm going to remain. And I'm going to reap the fruit of this relationship, even though I can't see what's coming. I thought it was good. 
We're going to let our roots grow deep. We're going to allow people to see us. We're going to be vulnerable, honest. We're going to get in our Bibles. We're going to let the doctrine of the word go deep into our hearts and stand on truth. Verse 22, it talks about a different seed. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded. Say crowded. Crowded. Crowded by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. Jesus makes his parable really plain. It's not like he explains it in a way that it's like, man, this person receives the message, but quickly, quickly, you got to know the devil is swift. Quickly he comes and he tries to crowd. Another word for this word crowd would be mixture. Like really quickly when you receive the word, he tries to add. I remember when we were in New York and we were in the subway system and I was like, I can never live here. We were waiting and it's like the, 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 like the thing popped up on the screen and everybody started moving and we were crowded. I was like, I can't live like this. I need a car. There's something about being crowded that is uncomfortable. And in discomfort, we make all kinds of crazy decisions. I was thinking like, man, I'm ready to like hammer fist somebody. <laughs> about my bubble. I'm a Floridian. What is, what is crowding? What is crowding the message of truth? The worries of life, the lure of wealth. Me and my wife were talking about this yesterday. We were just talking on the couch, and I was going through my message for today. She's actually like, that makes no sense. Like, Thank you. But it was really good because I landed here, and we just started talking about how, like, what the church needs right now is hope. There's a lot of despair. Like, remember when we thought we were, like, past COVID and now it's, like, a thing again? And then we went through, like, it's been a really interesting time to even lead the elections, the sickness, the this, then that. And it's, like, all of this crowding, all of this mixture. And really, like, what we want when we come to church is just, like, a pure, unadulterated gospel. Like, that's all I want for you. You got to know, like, join a serve team, become part of the family. But what we want for you at the end of the day is that the Lord would find a place that when he's throwing seed, it takes root. Like, that it would not be choked out, that you would not be planting seed in places that can never take root. And that you would put, that you would, that you would cultivate your heart in a way that when it does take root, it goes deep. It goes deep. And that you make a conscious decision I am not going to allow the worries of this life to choke out that which God is doing. Man. Think about this. I mean, if we were all honest, we could all look at areas of our life where we have allowed worries or the lure of wealth. Sometimes I'm like, God, why, we talk about this. Why did, why did I go to Africa and Mexico and give away? I think it was like God was teaching us you cannot be married to money. God has no problem with money, but he does have a problem with the spirit of mammon. There's, there's a spirit that is trying to attach itself, particularly in the American church, that says the more money you have, the more safe you will be. And according to Matthew 6, I say this a lot, but I want you to catch this. Worry, say worry. Worry, worry is the business of an unbeliever. Either God is in control or he's not. And what we're trying to do as a community for you is invite you into a faith journey. 
where we see Jesus as the faithful sower. He never stops throwing seed. He's continually inviting us into different truth, into different, re different revelation, but he will not give us something that we're not ready for. Let me tell you a story. On Wednesday night, we were here in prayer, and Judah was next door, and our children's pastor walks in, and she locks eyes with me, and I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> so she walks over to me, and she hands me a wad of, it's a wad of money with a $100 bill on the outside. She goes, hey, I just want to say, Judah was walking around the kids' church room like this. Yeah. Like, I got it like that. It's like 11 ones and one 100. He's just like, I'm like, that joker stole my money. <laughs> Somebody had given, literally given me $100 and I left it on the counter. He just took it. I don't even know. So I'm like, I want to talk to you. And I'm, I'm like, you stole from me. He's like, but I wanted it. Here's, here's, <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's how people end up in jail. But, but, like, here's the, here's the underlying truth. That $100 is Judas. You understand this conceptually? It's Judas, $100. The reason I can't give Judah the $100 now is he doesn't have the capacity. I wouldn't be a good dad if I gave him those $100. I can take him somewhere and, and, and administrate how he distributes the $100. But sometimes we view God and it's like, man, everything, he says, it is my joy to give you the mysteries, the desire, the kingdom itself. It is his joy to give that to you. And all he's looking for is your heart. Is your heart able to receive that? Bill says it this way. There's a difference between what's in your account and what you're in possession of. I have money in my account right now, but it does me no good because all I have right now is a piece of plastic. In order for me to, 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 to take hold of that, I would have to go to the bank. You understand there's a process. And so I want to say to you this morning, God, God is inviting us into this. And this is where, this is where we, we want to all land is verse 23. He says, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word. And it produces a harvest. Say harvest. It produces a harvest 30, 60, and 100 times. So how do we know if we have soft hearts or if the seed of the Lord is landing in good soil? It's producing harvest. There's tangible, visible fruit. Like as a community, how do we know if we're healthy? There's harvest. We, we, are, we are literally about to step out of, like, in, in the Jewish calendar, we're in a season right now that would be a season of repentance, which goes through September 16th. And after that, we step into a different season, which would be the season of harvest. And I believe what God is doing right now is he's preparing our hearts to step into properly, like, it doesn't matter where you're at. You don't have to be super gifted and anointed to give your yes to Jesus. You may be here today, I'm like, I just don't even understand. That's fine. Why don't you start with this? Jesus, I open up my heart. Like, I'm going to allow you into this space and to be all that you want to be so that I can look at my life and say, I'm producing 30, 60, 100 fold with everything that he gives me. Amen? I want to say this, this last thing. I was reading this scripture. 
in Hebrews 8, it said that God told Moses to build. Remember, remember Moses built a tabernacle? Do you remember this? I said member. Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember that Moses built a tabernacle where the presence of God dwelt? God was very stern with Moses, and he said this to him. You have to build according to what you saw on the mountain. So, like, picture this. Moses goes up the mountain. He spends 40 days up there. Who knows what in the world was going on up there? He didn't eat or drink anything. It was just 40 days. Some of y'all can't. Some of y'all are like, I got to get out of here now. I'm hungry. <laughs> and then he says to him, you have to build down there according to what you see up here. And God knew when he said that, that Moses was about to walk down the mountain and he was about to walk into some crazy people building calves out of gold and worshiping the calf. A rebellious, like idolatrous, uh, it was a crazy people. Yet in the midst of that, we see that Moses, he gives the instructions, like forget about building a tabernacle. I'm not asking you to build a tabernacle. I'm talking about your life. Here's the principle. You have to build hear what you receive from him up there. Many times we receive from God on the mountaintop. What would the mountaintop be like when you spend time in your secret place at home or you read that book that speaks to you or you come to church and a message ministers to you and you're like, man, I could take on the world. Mountaintop. And then all of a sudden we go to work on Monday and somebody cusses us out and you're like, you're reading the David, Lord, Lord, kill them, the David scriptures. <laughs> kill them, Lord. You know, it's like, and I think in those moments, in a real tangible way, God is inviting us to live our lives according to what he shows us on the mountaintop. Like, not to relegate our lives to living in such a way that we're reactively, we're reactively living to what's happening around us. Me and my mom have this conversation all the time. I'm like, mom, every time I come to your house, I watch the news. I had said, like, every, every month I stop, I stop and I watch 30 minutes of news. It's enough to depress me for the next month. She's like, I got to know what's going on. I'm like, I get it. But, but, but here's the point. It's like, I can't allow that that's going on here to affect what he told me up there. If, if what God, if, if I find that what's happening here is affecting what he told me there, I've got to shut it off. I'm not talking about the news. I'm not an anti-news guy. I'm saying in every area of my life, this can be relational. There are times in my life where any, let me tell you how I live my life. And Martha can attest. Anytime that I feel pressure, like financially, what do I do? I overabundantly just give. Anytime within the church or even us, where it's like, man, I just don't know. I'm worried about this. I'm like, I got to give. Let's just give. Let's just, why? Because I'm not going to be subject to that spirit that's wanting me to amass and be safe. My safety has to come from him. So like, let's, let's make covenant. Let's make a decision today. Maybe a better word, like covenant. That's weird, bro. Let's, let's make a decision that as we step into this next season, which is the season of harvest, we have a harvest wall, that we are going to, a couple of things, Keep the soil of our hearts pure, soft. This is, not, this is not unattainable. God promises this. He says, I will remove a stubborn and stony heart, and I will replace it with a tender and responsive heart. He promises this in the Bible. So let's, let's bring our hearts before the Lord and say, God, 
like David said, search me, O God, and if there's anything in me. I don't know why repentance has become a cuss word in the church. Like, let's just bring him our heart and say, God, this is yours anyway. With every area, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I compliment people and I'm like, man, that was amazing. They're like, oh no, that was Jesus. I'm like, no, it wasn't Jesus. If Jesus would have sung that song, I would have been way better than that. <laughs> and it's like, it's like we have, we have a problem all the way around where we don't even know how to receive honor. Like we've been so, so ruined that even when, when people say, man, I see something valuable in you, we can't receive it. Why is this important? Because if we don't know how to receive honor, the Bible says one day we're going to cast our crowns before the Lord. A person who can't receive honor can never be crowned. So you see, it's not just about the bad things. It's like everything. What do you do when somebody comes up to you and says, man, you did a really great job. Thank you. And then I go alone with the Lord and I say, man, look. God, I, I was able to communicate your heart and they liked it, but this is yours anyways. It was never mine. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like in every area, we're just like totally submitted. And this brings freedom. Because it takes the pressure, like it's all his. Even when I make mistakes, I'm like, I got to bring this to you, man, because it's brokenness. And the Bible says when I'm broken, you're near. So I don't have to go looking very far when I'm broken. He's, he's close. Whew. Let's stand. I want to pray. I want us to just pray together for a moment, and then we're going to make space for Prophetic Company um, to come up. And if anybody needs ministry, listen, every single service, at the end of service, we make space for you. If you need prayer for healing, if, if you're struggling in any area, you need somebody to walk this out with you, that's what this space is for, okay? So I want to pray for us corporately into this message, and I want to pray over our hearts. And then Pastor Tiffany is going to come up and Pastor Tyler and make room for ministry time. So let's just close our eyes real quick. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you are willing to throw seed. Man, you're willing to throw good gifts and desires and passions into your people. And Father, I pray over every single person right now. Father, that the heart that may find themselves like the footpath or the stony ground or even those that feel the pressure of life the worries, the pressure, the lure of wealth, the American dream. Father, I ask anything that is hindering our hearts from receiving from you, would you just gracefully remove it? It's not hard, guys. We just surrender every area of our lives. The disappointments, the pain, the confusion, the frustration. We want to be that Matthew 13, 23 ground. Where whenever you are ready to throw something or give us, it produces 30, 60, 100 fold. Would you just ask him for that? Father, would you help me to be fertile ground? 
Father, we pray for our community, for Abide, that you would help us, God, to be a community that whenever you're ready to, re to release, we're ready to receive. Keep us hungry, desperate, moldable, Father. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. God, I thank you that you are faithful to hear us. I pray that God would, would, would touch every area of your life, every dream and desire that you felt has been dead or you're struggling with, that he would give you faith and hope. What I found about the Lord is he doesn't just walk by once and throw seed and then go out, oh, whatever. He comes back again and again. He's so patient. He's like, I'll try again. I'll try again. Father, for any person in this room that feels far from you, would you bring them into relationship with you in a deeper way? I'm going to invite Pastor Tiffany up. Let's just remain here for a moment as, as they receive in prophetic company.